Kia everyone, Big Aussie Preppy here and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. Moving along here now, we are talking about first aid. I've not been able to get to the, the radiology place just yet. I'm having some problems in the car air conditioning and it is pretty darn hot here in Australia at the moment. It's 38 degrees to temperature today, so I'm not going to be driving to where I would normally go to get my scans done. It's a little bit of a drive, so that's not worth it. I might go somewhere local. My leg is feeling a lot better, thank you for asking. And so I don't think I've done anything too serious, but it definitely still is worth going to get that checked out. So talking about first aid, I wanted to first discuss a few things that you should have on hand. These are mostly on the medicine side of things. Apart from any prescription medication that you should have, now I know in Australia a lot of the pharmacies are now saying they're only going to give out the prescribed amount and only for the correct appropriate dose. So it can be a little bit harder to stockpile medicine. If you've already got some, great, keep it up. If you are able to reduce your medicine a bit to put some away, I'm actually currently working on a spreadsheet that will help you um, calculate when you should your script should have ended as opposed to when it actually does. If you are perhaps being prescribed two tablets daily and you only take one, uh, perhaps you're trying to win yourself off something, although you should always do that with your doctor's um, guidance as well, then the spreadsheet will at least help you keep track of when your script should be filled as opposed to, like I said, when it's actually need to be filled. So apart from any prescription medication that you need for yourself, you also want to have a good supply of the over-the-counter pain medications for things like headaches and back pains. And for me, you know, sort of any ankle sprains, it's good to have some Panadol and Nurofen. There is a Panamax brand at Chemist Warehouse that I like to use. It's pretty cheap. It's like um, less than $2 a box for a box of 100 It's kind of hard to go wrong there. And some ibuprofen, so the uh, Nurofen or ibuprofen. The Nurofen brand's quite expensive, but once again, it's a Chemist Warehouse brand, which is the exact same thing, but at like a third of the cost. Do be careful with the ibuprofen. Too much can really upset your guts. I'll tell you that one for sure. Uh, which leads us on to the next one. You want something to have for relief from indigestion, heartburn, or anything like that. If you're eating too much fatty or greasy foods, some of the spicy foods, you can wreak havoc on your digestion. Uh, another interesting thing at the moment is that I've noticed my Lanta and what's the other brand, Gaviscon, both are currently off the shelves in the liquid forms. You only get them in the tablets. Now, fortunately, I already had a couple of bottles that I purchased back when things were starting to get a bit crazy, the lockdowns back in early 2020. They are still in date and they've been kept well. And if we need it, we have it on hand. We also do have the, the chewable kind, but I find they're hard for most people to take. It's hard enough with the liquid, the weird texture and taste in it that certainly puts some people off. But you definitely need something for heartburn. Here's my little home remedy for that one, and it's not very popular, I can tell you that. But if you get sort of your standard size tumbler kind of glass, and you put in half a teaspoon of baking soda, uh, fill it up half with milk, half with water. You can use full milk if you want. And uh, give that a good stir and drink that down. That'll give you some temporary relief from heartburn and indigestion. Uh, if you add too much baking soda, it does kind of taste like fish. So be careful with that one. Uh, don't give it to someone without warning them first what's in it. But in a pinch, I tell you what, it works. Uh, number three on my little list here is cough syrup or cough suppressant. Uh, some of these can be pretty nasty. So you want to read the labels and learn a bit more about them. But if you've got a really bad cough and, and you can't sleep, then a little bit of cough syrup uh, would definitely go a long way to helping with that. I don't use it a lot myself, but it's definitely there if someone in the house needs it. Maybe even want to speak to your pharmacist about which one is the right kind you, that you might want. Because one's a dry cough and one's a chesty coughs. I don't know what's different in the medicine, but uh, yeah, there's some different ones there. 
Next one on the list, number four, is definitely you need something like uh, Imodium or um, Gastro Stop is another one that we have here in Australia. And basically, if you have diarrhea, uh, you might want to you know, be able to put a stop to that. Now, an interesting thing about diarrhea is it's your body's way of getting rid of something. It's doing that because it needs to get something out. Uh, sort of the same with vomiting sometimes. But after a certain amount of time, if you aren't able to intake enough fluids, then that could become very dangerous. So having something that would let you um, stop that if you need is very good. Read the box for instructions. It's usually you take two tablets and then one after each uh, loose stool uh, until it stops and there's a certain maximum number per day. So always keep the boxes for your medication because it's very important to follow them and to also consider any uh, contraindications, so any medicine that might react with another medicine. Uh, the next one isn't so much a medicine, but it's definitely something you need to have, and that are um, dressings for uh, wounds, cuts, and grazes, and we're going to be discussing that in the next part as well. But these are the most common um, injuries that you're likely to have around the home, are cuts, scrapes, grazes, uh, anything sort of more than that, and we'll discuss once again that in a minute, then you might be needing to taking a trip to the local GP or ER. We actually have a centre here that handles some minor injuries, but we're also fairly close to a hospital, so that's quite handy as well. But for things like that, you want to... Um, and we're, coming, we're covering these a bit more uh, soon, and in the video as well, we're going through some of the things I have. You want to have things like uh, saline, which is a concentration of 0.9 in salt water, um, or you can buy com commercial wound cleaning stuff um, over the counter, on the shelf, I should say, uh, stuff that's designed for cleaning out wounds. To make your own saline, basically get a cup, uh, fill it with some freshly boiled, recently boiled water. You don't want anything too hot if you're putting it on a wound. And put in like a teaspoon of salt. You really don't need to worry too, too much about the concentration. As long as it's a bit salty, it's going to do the job. What this is designed to do is to clean the wound and make sure that there's nothing uh, in the wound before you start applying the treatment. Because if you have... If you have let's say, dirt in your wound, and you bandage that up, then that's going to sit there, and all the little lovely bacteria and that's going to sit there and, and grow. There are quite a few antibiotic creams. I know that they're less common in Australia. We have some really good stuff in Australia called Betadine, which is a gel that you can use. This is after you've washed out the wound. Um, you can apply it, which will kill all the germs, but it's only good for sort of the first part of the injury, not, not later on. If you put it on a wound that's already trying to heal, it's actually going to make it worse. Next thing you should have uh, some creams to help soothe irritated skin, particularly things like you can get ones that are uh, designed specifically for sunburn. You can get the good old, oh, I think what its name is, Calamine Lotion. That's the one. I remember that from when I was a kid and having the chicken pox and uh, the Calamine Lotion was a real savior. That's great for itchy spots, whether it's a bug bite or, you know, uh, some sort of other skin irritation, as long as it's not broken skin, I'm pretty sure, then Calabine Lotion really is soothing. Another ones that I think are really fantastic, uh, there is Pseudo Cream, which is like a, a zinc cream, and Bepanthin. Both of those are very safe to use. They're often used on babies and infants, so it's very, very safe. If you've ever had a tattoo done, there's a good chance to put Bepanthin on that and then wrap it in Glad Wrap. That's because it's an antibacterial, and it's very safe, it's moisturizing, so it does a whole range of things in one. Last one on the list here, and definitely a must-have, is something for hay fever and allergies. So once again, quite a few over-the-counter ones. Clarotine is good, you will have to ask for that one. You usually buy that in a pretty large box. It's a little tablet, it's non-drowsy, and it sorts out a lot of hay fever. I am 
lucky, touch wood, that my hay fever is fairly controllable. Uh, I can I, I do smart things like I wear a dust mask when I'm mowing the lawn and things like that. Uh, but I don't suffer too much from allergies and hay fever. But I know some people that absolutely will wreck your day. So make sure you've got something to take care of that as well. With all of these things, you want to make sure that you check things like expiration dates. I know that for a lot of things with food, expiration dates and best befores and use buys are very confusing and are mostly there as a guideline. A lot of medication is still technically good past its best before or use by date. However, they may decrease in their effectiveness uh, once they reach past their date. And things like antibiotics, sometimes if you have some left over, that's not a bad one to keep on hand. Perhaps you didn't need to use the repeat. Once again, I'm not a doctor. I'm not recommending this. I'm just throwing it out there that you might want to hang on to those, keep them in a cool, dark place. And if they were a little bit past their date, they might still be all right to use. Once again, I'm washing my hands of any sort of responsibility here. Okay, now that you have all these supplies at home, what do you do when you actually have some sort of injury? Well, the first thing to determine is how bad the injury is. The first call of action might be to go to the hospital if it's really bad. Uh, there's some things you want to do before you go to the hospital. And if the grid is down, then that's obviously potentially going to be not an option. Uh, for treating minor wounds at home, the number one thing you should do is to apply pressure to the area to try and stop the bleeding. Uh, you should wash your hands first if you can, like maybe use some hand sanitizer. I'm sure we all have that these days. And use some sort of clean bandage or cloth to press firmly on the wound. If you wash your hands, that'll help to prevent transferring bacteria to your area. Basically, the, your goal from now on is to try and keep the area clean and covered. If the bleeding is really bad, you can try holding the affected area above the sort of heart level. So if it's your arm, you can put it in the air while trying to apply pressure still if the bleeding is not stopping. Uh, if something like your foot, you could lay down and put your, uh, raise your foot and keep applying pressure. Then once it has sort of slowed down, you need to clean the area. So sort of step two here. Uh, you want to rinse with clean water. Once again, you can use that saline, like I said. You can also buy saline in little tubes. And like I said, there's other wound wash products out there. That Once again, this will help remove any other dirt and debris that might be in there, any other particulate matter. It's also important to wash the skin around the area as well. And an important note is that if your wound has anything embedded in it, do not remove it. Uh, you always see in the movies someone gets stuck with a knife or something and they, the first thing they do is they pull it out and then you know, put, a, put pressure on the area. No, anytime you have something stuck in there, like uh, anything bigger than sort of a splinter, then that's a, that's a trip to the hospital because it may be keeping something uh, like an artery closed. So you want to get to doctors for those ones. Uh, the next step, once it's sort of stopped bleeding and you've got it cleaned a little bit, it might still be bleeding a bit, like it's not going to stop, stop bleeding, but once it's uh, not bleeding profusely, uh, you want to be able to prevent infection with a topical antibiotic or something else like uh, an antibacterial cream. Uh, once again, my favorite one is the Edidine. And you want to be applying that with something clean. So you could use something like a cotton tip, uh, put a bit of that in the cotton tip and apply it to the wound and around it as well. And then you're going to be wanting, for number four, is to cover it with uh, a bandage. And once again, this will help to prevent getting the dirt and bacteria from entering into the wound. I want to make sure that when you are um, covering it, and we're going to cover it in the, uh, the video for this, we're going to do a little bit of an example with my uh, lovely wife. Oh, and I'm going to have a fake injury on my arm, and I'm going to get them to uh, treat it and uh, explain the process at the same time. Uh, but make sure that you don't wrap it too tightly because you could cut off circulation, and you would need to change that bandage daily to prevent infection. Now, if it becomes wet or dirty, you need to change it promptly. 
uh, use waterproof bandages or wrap plastic over your bandage when you shower to keep them dry. Once you have your thing all treated and wrapped up, and once again you need to be changing it daily, you also need to be keeping an eye on the area for the different signs for infections. There are six signs for infections to watch for. They are increased pain, warmth, swelling, redness, pus leaking from around the wound, and fever. If you start noticing any of these signs, that's when you need to clean the wound again or then get urgent care. So I think that's going to be all for first aid at home. Once again, if it's anything more serious than a minor injury, then you're going to want someone else to call emergency services for you. In Australia, that's triple zero. I believe if you dial one of the other emergency numbers, they've got a setup so that it will go through to emergency services anyway, but triple uh, zero in Australia and um, get them to either come to you to sort out the problem or get someone else to drive you to the hospital. You shouldn't be driving to the hospital if you've got some sort of serious injury yourself. If you passed out from blood loss while driving the car, well, I think you can fill in the rest of that sentence. The next podcast is going to be about uh, first aid while traveling, and it's going to be slightly different. Definitely, these basics for today are some of the foundation skills for dealing with minor wounds. So we might talk about some more major ones uh, in the next one. So until then, and as always, if you can't be the grey man, be the big man. See us.